We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Pro teams have millions to spend, and they don't always spend them wisely. But when it comes to a great shave, you don't have to shell out tons of cash. Harry's saw customers getting ripped off by the shaving industry with overpriced, underperforming products and decided to do something better. They found their own way to make beautifully designed razors for a fraction of the price of the other big brands, so you never wonder if you overpaid. Harry's shaving products look great, and the weighted handle makes shaving feel great too. I like to keep my beard neat, and Harry's always leaves me with a smooth yet crisp shave. Harry's quality is top-notch, thanks to German-engineered blades made in their own factory that stay sharp longer. You can get a five-blade razor, weighted handle, foaming shave gel, and a travel cover for just three bucks at harrys.com slash bluewire. And Harry's has the highest customer satisfaction in the shaving industry, plus a convenient subscription option that you can cancel at any time. Getting the best doesn't mean spending the most when you shave with Harry's. Get started with a $13 trial set for just $3 at harrys.com slash bluewire. That's harrys.com slash bluewire for a $3 trial set. Welcome to the DFS. Welcome to the Roto Grinders today. Welcome to the DFS pregame show. The, the DFS, whatever, whatever you want to call the show. It's still a month in, and I still, I'm used to. I've been saying it, James, for like two years. It just becomes, <laughs> it comes muscle memory. But it's Roto Grinders today. It's Mondays with McCool. James McCool is here, the co-author with me in the Theory of Daily Fantasy Sports. I had to think like a professional DFS player. It's a 15-hour audio DFS masterclass as well as our advanced player's guide with 10 extra chapters of audio and James's custom Excel tools that uh, that I did use for yesterday's NFL slate. Hit that thumbs up button on your way in the door. Good morning, Bart B, Suki Singh, Defic, Joe Mack. Suki was, he almost took down the Millie yesterday. He just missed by, by 99 points. Ooh, that's just, pretty close. That's closer that's, than uh, some people. I, I, well, one person that, uh, that I've taught, he came in third in the milli for seventy five thousand. That's pretty good. That's that's pretty. And one point away from a million. 
Yep. We take oh, that's that. All, that's, that that's, that's the payout structure. A million, 100,000, one point in between the two. So gross. The margins are very thin. Uh, I, I, I had a good, I had a good Sunday. I, I, I had a good Sunday. I cashed in uh, DraftKings cash, FanDuel cash. Mm-hmm. Lost a little in GPP. Obviously, when, when when a lot of the chalk hits, that that'll that'll I mean it'll be kind of the reverse. And uh, I made a bunch of money on uh, on props and stuff. Now that James Kentucky open for sports betting yes. on Thursday, yeah. so I'm not tied just to underdog and prize picks, but mm-hmm. still on underdog. I had a whole ton of uh, Chiefs unders correlated, and. Uh, mm-hmm. They they all hit with the uh, all the receiving unders and Mahomes passing unders yep. and yep. did 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 pretty damn well. So how was your Sunday, James? Uh, I broke even. <laughs> okay. That's hey, awesome. survive in advance. That 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 isn't a bad thing, especially right. James. You're playing GPPs only, right. so like well, a a zero percent, a minus ten percent day or a plus ten percent day in that range mm-hmm. is just like. That's that's typical. That's a that's a good day because like yeah. minus forty percent is like the typical. Well, especially because I only play three lineups, right? Like I'm not right. even doing MME stuff, right? So my spread is typically very thin. I'm either gonna have I, what I should expect, and I I cannot wait for the other shoe to drop here. But what I should expect is getting absolutely blanked or winning everything. So the this middling stuff where I've had a couple weeks in a row now where I'm just completely breaking even and like my GPP stuff is landing somewhere in the 20th to 30th percentiles. On the one hand, I can say that I'm running super, super bad because of like the Tyreek Hill game yesterday. Uh, like I'm running bad in that instance, but then I'm running good in that I had Stefan Diggs instead of Keenan Allen, right? So, um, the you know, you, you can look at this I think a lot of people look at min caches and I, me being uh, somebody who wants to uh, always have the, like always look at the best case scenario and say, oh, I ran bad because I didn't win everything um, rather than being somebody who's a realist and saying, oh, well, I ran good because I didn't lose all my money, right? Like there's those two different perspectives. Um, I, I, am, I am certainly happy to be running somewhere in the middle right now and not losing everything. Well, in cash games yesterday on both sites, uh, uh, they, they they were they were they were a lot of popular lineups. Uh, I was benefited from the fact that I played Christian McCaffrey on both sites mm-hmm. uh, because you could get up to him. I'm not necessarily a big fan macro wise of playing high price running backs. Sure, uh, in the flex because uh, typically you know. Typically, they rely a lot on on touchdown variants, but I knew that McCaffrey was going to be popular, yeah. especially on DraftKings. Like yeah. DraftKings, it was it was it was fairly easy to get him in. You were kind of deciding between McCaffrey or another high priced wide receiver. Mm-hmm. On FanDuel, I almost played Tony Pollard instead and used the money to spend up in some other places, and mm-hmm. I just said what. Why do I have to spend all? Why do I? Why do I have to spend extra money at defense or tight end right. or quarterback going up from like Richardson to Hertz, going up from uh, like DeAndre Hopkins on Fanduel to like another another high priced wide receiver? So I decided to just like, why should tight end and defense dictate 
Do I want to play Pollard or McCaffrey? Well, once we got word that Eli Mitchell was going to be an yeah. out, and we already knew that Debo is banged up. I mean, McCaffrey is going to be on the field like almost all the time and have the highest target share on the team. So I just, I mean, I just prioritized it. And uh, the, the, uh, the only, the only decision that I had on DraftKings was what do I do with, with, do I play, I have 6K. Do I play Zach Moss? Do I pay up a little at tight end or defense or quarterback or something and, and play Adam Thielen mm-hmm. instead? Because I had, I had, uh, like to me, I had Palmer, I had Kyron Williams, I had Keenan Allen, I had Puka Nakua, and I've been saying Puka, I said it the other two weeks ago, that you're getting, you're getting Cooper Cup at 6,700. You're mm-hmm. getting 90% of the way there. On FanDuel, it was 7,500, so I, I still played him there also. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I considered I would rather build with a 6,700 wide, $6, wide receiver and a $7,900 Keenan Allen. Just depends on where where I go with the rest of my lineup, and uh, I that in DraftKings that led to me playing uh, a minimum priced quarterback. Yes, that uh, even if he, he dude, even if he would have gotten like four points, I still would have been fine when McCaffrey puts up fifty one. Right. So I lost the two v two in cash this week. Um, but you I just have... play, you. I mean, you play a cash liner for the sake you for for you know shits and giggles. Well, I mean, I'm playing with relative volume, like okay. like a thousand bucks a week. It's not like it's oh, not okay. Oh, I like, thought it was just. I thought you just played like the power sweeps. I didn't know. Realized no, no, okay. no, no. I'm playing. I'm playing uh, about a thousand bucks a week in head to heads, and then um, okay. So you know, no my, double ups. So 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 your yeah. your your results are going to be a little bit less variant. So like in right. a bad week, maybe you're you're only winning thirty percent of your head to heads. So it's not like. You're not, right. you're not losing every, it's not, if you miss on one double up a lot, of times you miss on like all the doubles. Right. Exactly. So, and that's why I play head heads. Hmm. Um, but I did, I lost two V two this week. So I had, I thought that it was very clear that you were just going to use min price quarterback. You're just going to use Aiden McConnell, O'Connell, uh, Chris McCaffrey. Did you consider Aaron. Dorian Thompson, Robinson, whatever no, that guy no. was around? No, it is 4,600 and had quote theoretical rushing upside. The game environment sucked. Right. The environment sucked. I, he projected, I didn't worse. He projected and, worse at 600 more. Right. And at $600, it's like. That's McCaffrey. Know. That's a, that matters. Right. Yeah, that matters. Like the, the lineup that I played had what spent 50 K. I, I couldn't, I couldn't get there. Um, did, and then you, the did second, you have McCaffrey in your lineup? I did. Yeah. Okay. So, so, so what was the, what was the two V two that you lost on? So I lost the two V two. The two V two was the one that won was Pukunaku and Tank Dell. And the one that I played was Jamar Chase and Joshua Palmer. Ah, uh, okay. And but those I mean, you, two, you like... could have, you could have played. Oh, so you played Dell over Thielen. Well, I, I would have played Dell over Thielen if I would have chosen that two v two. The two, the, the side that I okay, chose. Okay, so, was so which Chase one did you have? I had so I had Aiden McConnell, Christian McCaffrey, Kyron Williams, Keenan Allen, Jamar Chase, Adam Thielen, Pat Fryermuth, Joshua Palmer, Ravens defense. So. I had technically, I guess it could have been Adam Thielen over Tank Dell in that instance, but right. I didn't view them as a one v one. A lot of the stuff that I was looking at. So who, like, how did you fit all those people in? Uh, you did you play Keenan Allen? Yeah. How did you fit in? Ke- you played so go. What's your lineup again? 
Okay. <laughs> okay, you played Aiden O'Connell. Aiden O'Connell. You played Christian two McCaffrey. running backs, McCaffrey and, and Williams. And Kyron Williams. Okay. Keenan then Allen. Jamar Chase. Jamar Chase. Puka Nakua? No, Adam Thielen. Oh, okay, okay. That That's where I'm my, my two I My 2v2 was Jamar Chase and Joshua Palmer or Puka Nakua and Tank Dell. Oh, okay. And... And that defense, and obviously you couldn't get up to the Ravens defense. Right, you would have to play right. like the so Browns. that one, right, right. So that two v two of Jamar Chase and Joshua Palmer, and remember the way that I look at it is like I'm looking for not only projection but also ownership, and that projection and ownership combo between those two, it was literally my number one and my number two lineup between those two, and I was just like, I have plenty of Pukunakua in GPPs. Um, Jamar Chase, I think in this spot is good. And, and the kicker was Joshua Palmer, really Joshua Palmer over Tank Dell. I thought that Joshua Palmer was a more important piece of cash than Tank Dell was. If you saw, so, if you saw the owner, the actual ownership from the $25 double up, your choice would have been the other one because Jamar Chase came in right. at 28.9 and Puka came in at 41.6. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So you just so, thought you just thought in double ups people were going to be playing the chase lineups right more. I thought that Pukunaku was going. I did not think that Pukunaku was going to be fifty percent owned in cash this week. Just from looking at all the lineups, knowing that Keenan Allen, Joshua Palmer were basically there, right, and and like that was where people were going to go in cash. I knew that people were going to use Kyron Williams. Like as as far as I was concerned, every single person this week should have used Aiden O'Connell. Pat Fryermuth, Kyron Williams, Keenan Allen, Joshua Palmer, and Christian Kaepernick. I, I have to disagree on the Fryermuth. There's no to me. You don't prioritize tight end. I if you, okay. No, I no, saw no. Some, I, I'm if not you saying, played I'm not Kincaid, saying... If you played, if you went down for Tanner Hudson, I mean, to me, like I can never call a tight end unless you tell me that like Kelsey is mispriced by three thousand. I like, said that say I said that Pat Fryermuth on my stream and in my article was the worst possible play that you could make this week. But remember, I'm building off of ownership. Oh, right, he's going to be the highest trend. owned tight end by far. Right, his ownership trend was so much higher than every other tight end. It was just like, but how come he didn't prioritize the Cleveland defense? I thought the Browns were going to be the highest owned defense. It well, so it, they were going to be the highest owned defense, and then the Ravens started getting a lot of steam because of DTR, right? right? Because of that backup quarterback. So, like, I, I pretty much the only thing that I was under on was Pukunaku's ownership, and that was mostly just because I thought that people were going to need to pay down for an Adam Thielen or a Tank Dell or something like that. And what it ended up being was that Pukunaku ended up being somebody who people could get to, and I just lost two v two. And it is what it is. I still well, your, your lineup uh, wasn't bad. Your line, no. I mean, it's not like your lineup was bad. No, no, right? And, and you probably still won a bunch of. I mean, you still probably did. Fair, decently enough, you, you lost, but you didn't lose that much money. It was like forty five percent or something. Right, right. That that's what I'm saying. I, your lineup did did well enough. I mean, enough people didn't play McCaffrey or didn't. I mean, all you needed was someone to not play Kyron Williams and Kirsten McCaffrey, and you're. I mean, I mean, to me, like to me, Kyron Williams was like, what do you? If if you didn't see someone with Kyron Williams in in their cash lineup, like go send them some more head to head. Right. No, I mean Kyron Williams. He he. I thought that he was not only the best play in cash, but also the best play in GPPs. Uh, he was incredible. I, he was under. He was under. I, if we if we go to the milli, like if we go to the the twenty the the regular milli, 
I mean, Kyron Williams was 19% owned. What are we doing here? <laughs> what are we doing? You're right. What are we doing? In, in the 550, in the 555, Millie, he was 31% owned. Yeah. Like yeah. that's, 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 and even, dude, even at 31% owned, that may still be under owned. Yeah. I, I kept on running lineups, James, and I used the tools, theoryofdfs.com. I used a portfolio trimmer. I used a portfolio correlation matrix. And I run through lineups, like optimal lineups, and then I adjust for ownership. And two people at the projected ownership that I was getting a lot of, regardless of if they were chalky, there, there, were, there, were, there were three people that I, that I was getting, like, just like it, it, regardless of what I projected this ownership, I was getting Kyron Williams in almost all of my lineups. Mm-hmm. And I projected him for 30 plus percent own. I was getting uh, Puka Nakua mm-hmm. in a ton of line. I was getting a lot of lineups with Kyron Williams and Puka together yep. Yep. in a ton of lineups. And then Adam Thielen, but I misprojected Alan, the, uh, Adam Thielen's ownership. Mm-hmm. I mean, he was in the, in the 555 milli, he was 28% owned. He was the second highest owned player, 29%. I just didn't think people were going to, as much as people were going to, projections would say to do so. I just, I didn't project him to be close to 30% owned. I I projected him to be like in the high teens, mm-hmm. right? I projected Tank Dell to be higher owned than Adam Thielen, yeah. right? Know. And it came out the other way, which means I would have played more Tank Dell and I ended up playing more Adam Thielen which ended up obviously a 12 point difference did work out for me. Right. But theoretically, theoretically that, that was off. I mean, I know I'm a, I, I claim to be a contrarian player, but that doesn't mean, I mean, we go over this James, like all the time, like it's, it's a balance of projection and ownership. And I think the key word there is balance, Right. There's, you have the three levers, projection, correlation, leverage, that it isn't just like fading the chalk or playing the chalk or being correlated or not being correlated. It's a balance of all of the levers. So like, if we take a look at like, I, I put, I threw all my lineups in the play action just to, just to show them. Sure. Right. So I played a hundred dollars single entry, 50, I played 10 lineups, but like you take a look, like I had a Hertz stack here. Mm-hmm. Hertz, Brown, Goddard. Right. But look at the rest of my lineup. Yeah. The rest of my lineup. I mean, it's not, it's not off the board. Uh, yeah. Javante Williams did get hurt, but I have Adam Thielen here. I have Josh Palmer, right. I have Kyron Williams. I have the Ravens defense, which I thought was going to end up being under owned. So I had a lot more of it. Uh, like these, these lineups are fine. If we take a look even at the 555 Millie, like BK reader who came in second. Yep. Right. We take a look at the leaderboard here, BK Reader. Here's Josh Allen at 6%, Stefan yep. Diggs at 13, Dalton Kincaid at 7, Braxton Berrios at like no, almost none owned as the run back here. And then look at the rest of the lineup McCaffrey, Williams, Thielen, Palmer, Ravens. I am tilting looking at that lineup right now because this is a lineup that you could have easily made. That's basically a lineup that I did play. <laughs> I played Josh Allen, Kyron Williams, Stefan Diggs, Dalton Kincaid, and Braxton Berrios. But 
Didn't play McCaffrey. I have Hill and Rashad White instead of Christian McCaffrey and Adam Thielen. Right. So, right, but I mean, this is a sensible lineup. We take a look at uh, my buddy Mark, who came in uh, third in the. Because we take a look at like the the twenty dollar milli, where you can see wild lineups. Like the lineup that won is just like, yeah, good luck trying to catch Michael Wilson's plus, you know, point three percent own game. <laughs> right. 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 You, you, I mean, take a look at this lineup. I mean, yeah, you have Allen Diggs here, but I mean, like, it's just like. Catching 3% Khalil Herbert and Nico Collins. Like, this is like good luck, right? I mean, yeah, but there's a lot of these types of lineups where just like there's a random chance that, you know, you get all the one-offs that you possibly need, right? He but, could but, have even gotten farther ahead in that if he would have just correlated Kincaid to Josh Allen. Right, right. <laughs> he won by he won by by less than a half a point. Yeah. My buddy lost by a point. And he was, and he was clear of almost more than five points from fourth place. Yeah. But look at this lineup: Fields, Moore, Komet, with Cortland Sutton. Sutton. With Cortland Sutton, you have McCaffrey and Williams, right? Man, that's a good lineup. Adam yeah. Thielen is chalk, right? Chargers defense against Aiden O'Connell, fine, six percent on, and and a one-off Nico Collins, yeah, which is leverage off of Tank Dell. Right. Right. So you're not playing Thielen and Dell together. Right. Because that, right. if you think of like just in very micro stuff, like lineups that have Thielen are more likely to have Dell. I mean, like, don't play the two chalkier 4K level receivers mm-hmm. together because you have the three of them you have Palmer, Thielen, and Dell. So if you set like a max one of like, I just want to make sure to not play two of them. Yeah. Like, and then you leverage off the other one. So if you didn't play Thielen, maybe you played Shark. If you didn't play Dell, you played Collins. If you didn't play Palmer, I don't know who the hell you'd play because Kathleen and Allen was on also. Right. Uh, I mean, I guess Quentin Johnston or, you know, Gerald Everett Quentin or Johnson. something. Yeah. Right. Or something like, or, or you play Josh Kelly or something as, as. Yeah. yeah. I'm saying, look at this lineup. I mean, it's, it's a, it's a field stack. It's a, this. And look, Christian McCaffrey, Kyron Williams, Adam Thielen. Like you don't have to get nuts. It's a balance. Yeah, it's a balance of these things. Now, obviously, this is a very this is a two hundred seven thousand entry contest. If you're playing in the range of the five fifty five, which is like a six thousand entry contest, which is like the red zone or the spy, I mean, I mean these lineups. I mean, you don't have to get nuts. I mean, like you don't even have flame emojis off of all these lineups. All no, these lineups. and and it should be noted that like if you go and study BK Reader's lineups, he he is is much more. Um, how should I say this? Uh, he he eats a lot more chalk. Like his, yeah. his lineups are typically very very high in ownership, but he's really really where he makes his money is in really really smart pivots and really really smart low owned plays. I mean Braxton um, Berrios pretty much makes this lineup. Yeah yeah yeah. Without Braxton Berrios, that like if instead of Braxton Berrios, he let's say he drops down from the Baltimore defense to like the Browns defense or something. I don't right know. or some some nine. Or, I mean. I mean, if he and ends up, up somehow to, with with like like Tank Dell or right, I was gonna say ends up Tank Tank Dell. That lineup sucks. Like that lineup then probably has uh, a median expectation finish percentage of like nineteen to twenty five percent or something. Right. But because of course, that's it heavily relies on Barrios going for seventeen points. Right. Right. I mean, if we take a look, here's Utica's top lineup in the five fifty five. Right. I mean, this is this is a little bit more off the board. Stroud, Collins, 
right? He has Devontae Parker in there as the chief receiver instead of Palmer. Mm-hmm. But he still eats Kyron Williams. He still eats Christian McCaffrey. So, like, like and the stack it's... is different. Or, and and But if you were going to play, like, a popular stack, then that's the type of lineup where maybe you don't play Kyron Williams in. Right, yeah, yeah. And it's also worth saying that this week, a lot of the popular plays did really well. Like, I, I noted it on Twitter where you know, I was talking about, like, things that I got right and all that kind of stuff. But, like, it, it's worth saying that this week, a lot of the popular plays did well. A lot of the, you know, higher... But what, the, it's not popular. A lot of the best projected plays did well. Right. Sure. That's that's what I should say. A lot right. Of so the there's a difference between, plays. like, popular and not well projected. Because there are plenty... We, we could go through some people that, in the lower stake stuff, were heavily more owned than than other. But... but Ownership comes, I mean, projection comes with a cost. It's ownership. Right. right. So yeah, a lot of the a lot of the high projected plays and and higher owned plays ended up doing well this week. Um, so it, it is worth saying that when we look at the leaderboards for this week specifically, we're gonna see a lot of higher owned lineups doing really, really well. It's just a point to be made that people like to complain and say, oh, well, the chalk went off, chalk went off. Like sometimes. Good projected plays just do well. Right. Like Kyron Williams, somebody somebody was complaining about Kyron Williams going off. And I was like, guys, I, I said multiple times in multiple places this week that Kyron Williams is terrific chalk. Like best role in the league, cheap, on a team that's implied to score relatively well points against a team that probably is going to be able to like falter a little bit. And... It doesn't matter if he's high owned. Like you should have him, and then he should be I, different somewhere else, and it's fine. You can do I, that. I just, I just want, I just want, I don't, I don't want to be be the nitpicker, because you know me. I like, I like, like sure. keeping my terms clear. Yeah. There's no such thing as horrible chalk. There's no such thing as good chalk. What you're talking about is that Kyron Williams at high ownership was still not high owned enough. Yes. Right. So it's not yeah. like, oh, well, it's good that he's. Oh, I, I mean, I, I just want, I just really, I mean, I harp on this so much on this show about, about, you know, there's no such thing as good chalk and bad chalk. It's just that, oh yeah, he's going to be 30% owned, but he should be 45% owned. Right. Like if that's your, that's technically what you mean by quote, good chalk. Yes. But it's From not because you think sense. he's going to do well. He From just projects sense. better for the, for his ownership, even though his ownership is high. And I will also, I'll add on to that. Even somebody who is five percent over, if five percent over owned, that doesn't necessarily mean that they are bad chalk. Then right. in, in that, like there maybe you have to build your lineup a little bit more leverage. That that was the thing with Keenan Allen this week, where Keenan Allen, I had Keenan Allen as the most over owned wide receiver on the slate, um, and and I talked about that, and the key there was it's probably fine to play Keenan Allen in stacks. And also, if you counteract his negative, how overowned he is with other players that are equally underowned, like right. it's it's that marriage of trying to level things out or find a lineup that is more leaning towards uh, underowned players rather than overowned players. Right, like it's in that type fine. of lineup with Keenan Allen, if you if you're like, well, I'm gonna instead of playing Puka Nakua, you played T Higgins, right? At sixty eight hundred, it's like. The 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 actual um, comparison that I made because I had Puka when I when on Saturday I had Puka Nakua projected at like fourteen percent ownership or something I don't remember off the top of my head but I had him lower owned than he came in 
And Puka Nakua was a plus 13%. I had him as efficient ownership at 27%. And Keenan Allen was projected at 24%. And I had his efficient ownership at 12%. So I was like, just if you just play these two guys together, you're fine. Right. That, that, Even that's though what I have to do. Keenan Allen is over-owned, you're now getting all of that over-ownership back with an under-owned. Right. Yep. Just and You want to balance it all out throughout your lineup. Just cancel it out. Just level it right. out and you're fine. Right. And this is a macro way of showing that but i mean i don't do this necessarily in that like granular way i do it by well what's the ownership sum what's the ownership product what's the what's the ceiling projection what's the mean projection and then start cutting out lineups and i go who bubbles up to the top what high owned plays are are going to the bottom and that hey who's in more lineups and what do those lineups look like right and we saw in the in the high stakes 555 versus the low stakes and this is you know, keep on harping on contest selection that like Kyron Williams being 31% owned in the 555 and 19% owned in the small stakes. I mean, the lower the stakes that you get, the more inclined you should lean on projection than ownership because you're getting a natural ownership discount by so many much of the field playing suboptimally from a projection standpoint. Right. Right. In the high stakes. Right. Even though they're smaller field, the ownership is going to end up being a lot more efficient, which means that you're not there's not enough people that are making projection mistakes. But there are probably people making leverage mistakes by playing lineups that are way too chalky. Your variance is going to go up. But but remember, that doesn't mean fade all the chalk. So we see here, like in the high stakes, like Josh Jacobs. Was hot was higher own. Uh, Pollard was higher own. Kelly was higher own. Rashad White, Miles Sanders. So like, if you're playing those guys, those guys were more you know more beneficial. And then you had Josh Palmer and Austin and Downs and DeAndre Hopkins, who were much more owned in the 555. And then the reverse in the lower stakes, Tank Dell was much higher owned in lower stakes. Then you also had DeAndre Swift was much higher owned in lower stakes. Jerome Ford, much higher owned in lower stakes. And both Dolphins running backs, mm-hmm. right? Both Mostert and, and Achan. And obviously a lot of this stuff comes into recency bias because lower stakes players succumb to that more because they're not using most, a lot of them aren't using a model to, you know, to, to circumvent that. So in the lower stakes, like, if you want, if you said this yesterday, James, I'm playing the $4.20 max or $3.20 max or whatever. I'm playing the $3 single entry. I'm the $5 single entry, the $1 first down. One of those types of contests. Like, dude, like if you said that you play Kyron Williams in like all your lineups, I. Yeah, he's under, he's, he's much more on, you get much more leverage in those contests. So why the hell not take the projection with it? Right. Yeah. If you said that you, you played Puka Nakua in low stakes and most of your lineups, then go for it. I mean, like, like though you get so much from it out of there, but in your highest, in the in, in higher stakes stuff. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all don't search match with indeed indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors according to indeed data 
and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Pro teams have millions to spend, and they don't always spend them wisely. But when it comes to a great shave, you don't have to shell out tons of cash. Harry's saw customers getting ripped off by the shaving industry with overpriced, underperforming products and decided to do something better. They found their own way to make beautifully designed razors for a fraction of the price of the other big brands, so you never wonder if you overpaid. Harry's shaving products look great, and the weighted handle makes shaving feel great too. I like to keep my beard neat, and Harry's always leaves me with a smooth yet crisp shave. Harry's quality is top-notch, thanks to German-engineered blades made in their own factory that stay sharp longer. You can get a five-blade razor, weighted handle, foaming shave gel, and a travel cover for just three bucks at harrys.com slash bluewire. And Harry's has the highest customer satisfaction in the shaving industry, plus a convenient subscription option that you can cancel at any time. Getting the best doesn't mean spending the most when you shave with Harry's. Get started with a $13 trial set for just $3 at harrys.com slash bluewire. That's harrys.com slash bluewire for a $3 trial set. Now you're now when you're looking at Tyron Williams at 30% owned, then you could go, well, what happens if I play Rashad White instead? Mm-hmm. What happens if I play? What happens if I what happens if I pay up for Pollard and go down and 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 you know, because you're not getting that projection boost because you're also you're getting you're get you're more likely to get the proper ownership or closer to the efficient ownership of the player. But in the small stakes, and we have NBA season coming up, and I oh. think this highly applies to NBA because the projections are so much more normally distributed. Because when people ask me in NBA, how much projection should you give up? I mean, like NBA, a lot of times, if you're playing the lower stakes contests, like, dude, if you want to just slam projections, just slam them. Just, I mean, literally slam, like, say, I'm just going to play, like, like, basically no lineup within, like, less than five points of optimal and just slam whatever lineups you want from that point. That's, that's. That's probably the most profitable way to play in those contests. And then once you get to the the ones with much, much sharper players and a lot of 150 maxes and stuff, and the ownership starts getting a little bit more, a little bit closer to efficient, that's when that game theory element comes into, you know, okay, I have to get a little bit more contrarian here and there. And I think t- people tend to do it the other way around, right? That's that's an exploit of it at the lower stakes. It's like, well, because there's so many people in here matching buttons, I got to get weird. And then the higher, they play the $100 spy and go, well, I only got one lineup and it's single entry. So I'm just going to, I'm going to play my cash lineup with a 2v2. It's like, really, the approaches should be the complete opposite of each other. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's interesting. Uh, A lot of people don't realize the edge that they gain 
in uh in lower stakes just by jamming in the best plays. And yeah, right. with, with with NBA coming up, um a lot of people everybody says that everybody always wins at NBA, right? Like nobody loses that, at that's, NBA. A, that's a trope from like five years ago. I don't care. I still use it. It's funny. <laughs> um but the reason why we say that is because projections like and there, there's oh man, I'm already tilting NBA coming back, man. Uh every three weeks. Sleep. We got three weeks. You got three weeks of, <sighs> with baseball in the playoffs now, James. This is like a three week, like almost like a vacation period kind of thing. I get I get like four days off, and then I have to build all the tools. So <laughs> I get like this week, <laughs> I get to play some video games, I get to grind some League of Legends, and then starting Saturday, I have to start building out all the models. Um NBA, like every slate, there is w- no hyperbole here. 50 plays that are right. Every slate. Every slate, there is something. And it's going to be worse this year because of the new rules that are put in place of preventing teams from resting starters. They're going to um, have fake injuries, James. You can, you know it. Oh, I know. Well, fake. no, I, I know. No, they're going to be taught. They're going to be, uh, James, I guarantee you. I guarantee you. Hands down. Stone cold lock guarantee you that there'll be at least one. It'll happen at least once, if not a lot, that they can't rest multiple star players. So they rest one. Mm-hmm. And then the one that's available comes in, plays six minutes, and then you never see him again. Yeah, it's going to suck, dude. It's going to suck so bad. Right? It's gonna, yeah, they played. They would. They, st- they started the game. They played one rotation. And they disappeared that is gonna that's gonna be the doc river special man uh it's gonna suck but every single play because or every single slate there's 50 people that are the right play your job as an nba dfs player is just to shotgun it baby like (laughs) there's like a million there's like literally a thousand lineups you can play no, even more than that, right? I no, mean, well, just no within, with, like within, uh, within a finger's reach of the optimal, right? Right. Like there, there are combinatorically thousands, tens yeah, of thousands, ten thousand lineups per slate in NBA that you can play that are right, that are like totally fine. Uh, but like within, just within a hand's reach of the optimal, there's like a thousand lineups, and what you're going to run into is in lower stakes. For some reason, some people aren't going to play one of those thousand lineups. It's it's going to be like it's a it's a ten thousand person contest, and somehow, somehow, there are people that are playing lineups that are forty points below optimal or something. Dude, or like I play 20. I would I, in cat in NBA cash games. Even though I'm not going to grind that anymore, you had a I lot of success play. with that the last couple of years. Oh well, of course, but I mean, but with all the late swaps and everything you got to do all that work yeah i'm gonna i'm gonna rely more on props and stuff where i don't have to worry about that true dude i would play head-to-heads i mean people would pick off my head-to-heads and i and i'd look and i go oh someone picked off a 50 dollars head-to-head so i have to pay a little bit more attention to it and i'll look and i'll look at their lineup and i go what the hell is this (laughs) right what but i mean and it's not like it's like complete garbage it's like Okay, we're sharing like we're sharing like five players, but the the others are like and I and I go into lineup HQ and I just punch in their lineup and it's like your lineup's 18 points lower projected than mine. And it's like how did you how did you how, how did you get on, these guys? 
How did you end up on that 4K player when there's a starting 4K? Right, right. Guard? Yeah, it's something weird. Something like just like like you played down for a $3,200 backup center to pay up for the overpriced 9K guy right. that projects six points lower than the $8,800 guy below him. And I'm like, uh, thank you. I mean, like, right. and, I, and, I, and I'd run it through, I'd run it through, I'd run it through uh, a sim. Right, which we've included in the theory of DFS for advanced players. Yep. A simple Monte Carlo sim, and you run the two lineups together, and my win rate is like 71%. Yeah. And it's like, well, thank you for I mean, dude, I'll take I'll take head to heads. If I have a 70% win rate in head to heads, you won't see me on this show anymore. <laughs> right. I mean, like, like because that's a that's a ridiculous, like the elite of the elite is like 62 or 63%. Yeah. And that's that's elite level head to heads, but 70 plus, I mean, you could get 70 plus possibly 68. So I did at like the $1 level. Yeah. And that was maybe 5 years ago. I don't know what it looks like now. You can still hit that. You right. Can still hit that. But the same thing applies to NFL. I mean, I I my, one of my one of my hobbies, you know, when all the games are over is to go and look at the lowest scores my opponents had in head to heads. And then just look and go, what, what, what are you doing? Right. Like, like what, what I, 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 I or maybe it was in a discord or something. I saw someone uh, played someone in a head to head yesterday. Like my, my cash game lineup was like 162 or so or something. Yeah. This lineup that someone showed me was like 78. <laughs> so I'm like, how the hell do you only score 78 points on this slate? And I look and it's like, they, they don't have McCaffrey, don't have Kyron Williams. They had Keenan Allen, right? It was a dud, right? But their running back slots was James Cook and Latavius Murray. It's like not only one Bills running back, but two Bills running backs, right? You look, you look at this lineup and you just you wonder, you wonder, it, it almost looks like a dummy lineup. Mm-hmm. Now these things are like few and far between. This is like not like. This is an extreme example. Extreme example, but I just want to highlight when people are, you know, it's 2023 and the edge is gone in DFS. I think scale scaling the edge is hard. I think scaling the edge is hard. So, like, if you want to get down 10 grand in in, in good action in cash games, I think that's very tough. But if you want to get $100 down in cash games, I mean, there's no reason that you can't find a hundred dollars of good action in head to heads and build your right. bankroll. You're gonna find you're gonna find post post your one dollar, two dollar, three dollar head to heads, right? G- grab the, the the largest double ups over there, and I mean, the edge the the edge is still the edge is still there. And there's if you have if you could get a sixty five percent win rate at that level, I mean, you're generating like an eighteen percent ROI or something on yeah. your money. So a hundred dollars. A day is like $18 of expected value per day. I mean, dude, I mean, $18 a day times 30 is what? Like We're talking about a little over 500 bucks. Yeah. Right. Per month for 12 months is six grand. That pays that. There you go. Family vacation. I, we, we say all the time, you could, you, anybody, anybody who is like decent and wants to pay attention a little bit can make like, five grand ten grand a year and this is just by using project like dude for nba this season sign up for roto grinders 
right? Click on that link in the description, get $10 off your first month, yep. right? And all you have to do, I mean, we have, we, we have a projections team that does all the work for you, right? So it's not just, so people look at these projections and go, oh, these are computer generated. I don't want a computer to tell me what to do. It's like, dude, we got, we got five people, five to seven people during NBA season, during NFL right. season. During, I mean, that, like, dude, the entire day in that Slack channel is just debating what the starting lineups are going to be and usage rates and they're adjusting stuff and minutes and rotations. They're doing all of that. And then they're putting it in all those inputs into the, into the projection model. And then you see in lineup HQ what, it, what it spits out. So it's doing all of this. So if you're playing cash games where your only concern is the highest, just high projection, high mean projection, like you can just come like five minutes before a slate and just go, Hey, if you if you're concerned about oh, I don't want to play the top optimal, then run five to ten lineups and just choose any one of those ten, and you'll you'll probably find at the low stakes enough people that are playing lineups that are significantly enough off from that that you could do that, and then obviously you have to lock in your players and rerun projections as lineups get updated throughout the course of the night. This guy's in, this guy's out. That's kind of a little bit of the work with NBA. Yeah. But this, this, like, if if your expectations are of that level and of that bankroll size, it's not sexy though, James. I think is is that is is that the objection? It's not. It's not. It's not the sexy part. It's um. It's skill expression. Everybody wants to feel smart. Everybody wants oh. to feel like they made the right choice. Everybody wants to feel what happens like is making the right choice is just doing the simplest thing. Well, that's the problem. That's that's the thing that people struggle with, right? And, and this happens. So, so skill expression is something that we see in competitive games, right? Like th- it's a, it's a game theory aspect. Um, skill expression. I I, I I see it in poker. Mm-hmm. You see it in poker. I see it in professional gaming, right? Like I see it in video games. Skill expression is for those that don't know the desire to do something that is smart and have it be the correct choice that you made in a way that you want to do it. Skill expression is, so in League of Legends, right? Like there are 135 champions that you can choose from right now, I think. Some, some, a lot of champions. And each one of them allows a different kind of skill expression. There are champions that have certain skill shots that are harder to land. There are champions that have certain scaling aspects that are different that make them powerful in different ways, right? Like skill expression in DFS comes from Instead of just using uh, the projections to give you the best lineup, your skill expression in DFS is making choices that you think are smart or that you find after watching the games, you think that uh, because you watched the Denver Broncos give up 70 points, but, but there were five broken plays and their defense isn't that bad. Your skill expression is thinking that the numbers are wrong and that you are right because of what you saw. So I'm not going to attack the Broncos because I think that their defense is better than what the numbers say. That's an example of skill expression. Or like your example of in NBA, paying down for the $3,200 center so that you can afford the $9,200 point guard because you think that that combination the $9,200 point card is going to crush this defense because of right. X, Y, and Z. It doesn't matter if the projection is six points lower. Than it's all about 
being right in your own mind and you making the decision rather than just following the numbers. That is skill expression of DFS. And people run into this a lot. Uh, you know, the other term for it is galaxy braining, right? Where you look at something and you say, oh, well, yeah, the projection says this, but what if I did this? That it would It would be so sick if that happened. Like I would win by so many more points if that happened. And People just fall into that. People make this happens in, in, in poker all the time. Mm-hmm. Like in like especially at lower stakes, mm-hmm. lower even mid stakes at 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 points where I I, I mean I I've, I've talked to people that you know I've played with you know that associated with and everything like that and and they look at they my results compared to their results and it's like how come like we play in the same types of games and you 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 make a lot more money at the poker games than, than I do. And I go, I go, yeah, because you know, that hand where you bet the flop and check the turn and wanted to check, raise the turn and the guy checked behind you. And then you bet the river and he called. It's like, like, why did you go for a check raise on the turn? And he's like, well, I thought I could get more money in the pot that way with him betting. I said, yeah, but his betting frequency is, like is very low, and, and, and if you if unless he has a better hand than you, his betting frequency is going to be much lower in that spot. Even though the fancier play would to be go bet, call, check, raise, you know how? And and I said he said you know you know how I make the most amount of money in poker. Usually, most of the money that I make in poker comes from this. Do I have the best hand? Answer the question. Yes. Then I bet. The other person with the worst hand calls me, right? That the value betting, so especially at, at the lower to mid stakes level, a lot of times it's just, do you have the best hand bet? And you'll get, you'll on average, you will get called way more often than you should on average, right? Obviously there's, there's opponent dependency, but most, but most of the time the value is just betting the best hand, not trying to like, if I check here, maybe I could get his whole stack. Right. It's like, dude, a lot of times I get his whole stack on the river anyway because he calls the turn. It makes the pot bigger. And then I then I a 1.5x bet the river for almost this whole stack, and I get that also. So it's like, what was the purpose of me trying to check raise the turn when I just get called too often? And the same thing happens on the other end. What happens? Do you know how much money I make on this? I think I have the worst hand. I check. They bet, and then I fold. And then you fold. Right? And then I fold. And then they go, go. well, you just lost the pot. I said, yeah, but I lost the minimum. Right. Right? But I, I lost the absolute minimum with the hand that has limited equity against his hand range. Well, what happens if he's bluffing? Well, then who can, they don't bluff enough. At right. macro level, they call too much, and they bluff too little. So, like, I'm just printing by folding. Right. And they go, well, that's a boring way to play. It's like, yeah, but it's the smart. It's like, do you want to make, what's your goal? If you're, if you want to make the smart decision, the smart decision many times in these games, DFS, poker, gaming, anything is just Occam's razor. Keep it simple, stupid. Right. You're typically not playing in games where you're playing against grandmasters of every. Like if right. someone were to play me in chess and I'm not experienced in chess at all, I know the dynamics of the game. But I, I, dude, I'd be a sitting duck, right? You know how you how you beat me in chess by doing the most obvious things because I don't even know what the obvious things are. Right. 
that they move their rook and I would never defend this pawn. And they go, how did you miss that? That's like a fundamental one-on-one thing. I go, well, I, I don't, I don't study chess at things. all. Right. So like, imagine someone trying fancy stuff. Again. Like, dude, dude, you could beat me in like six minutes in like 14 moves then just do it. And right. then the, of course the chess person would say, well, that's not mentally entertaining because like, you're just making such egregious mistakes that I could do something that like no one else I play against chess. I'm like, yeah, but if we're playing for money, isn't that what you should be doing? Right. It's a big thing. I, I'll bring it back to League of Legends. Like, there are people that there is a, one very specific thing that you should just be doing with the best champ, with the best build, and the best items, and playing th the most boring way possible. All you have to do on, like, Vigar is just sit there, build the best items, and just scale. And then at 30 minutes, you just delete anyone in front of you every single time. Like, you don't even have to try to play the game. As long as you can make it to 30 minutes, you just kill everything with one button. Every single time. Who doesn't want to sit time. on Vigar for 30 minutes? It's just sit there. Just farm, dude. Just, just like, hang out and, and, like, kill minions. And then as soon as you hit 30 minutes, you just press R and nobody can survive it. And you just What's walk the weather around. in Vigar this time of year? Uh, the weather in Vigar this time of the year actually isn't that good. He's actually not that great right now. But so still, I don't want to sit there and farm. It, the weather's bad. All right. Well, you know, that, then you're not going to be able to delete everybody after 30 minutes. Instead, what you're going to do is you're going to try to fancy play something and build like AD items on an AP champ. And then you're just going to get crushed by somebody who is playing Vigar and sitting there for half an hour. And then at the end of the game, you can't do anything against them. Same thing with, you know, like Jin or whatever, right? But it, it, it always... It I got that example completely. I mean, all, all those words I understood. <laughs> right, absolutely. Yeah, I know you did. Uh, it, it all just comes down to people want to outsmart what they think everybody else is missing. People want to say, oh, well, if I do it... Everybody is doing it this way, but what if they're missing something by doing it this way? What if they're missing something by playing this guy instead of this guy? What if they're missing something... What if, what if the projections aren't taking this into account enough? What if the field isn't taking this connection between this quarterback and wide receiver into account enough? You know, what What if... I mean, there's, there's value in that, but there's not... There's so such significant value that you should be just throwing everything else out. Right, but that's that. what people are doing is they're just throwing everything else out. <laughs> they, they, they just think that it's not being... They, they look at, you know, the, the, the Tank Dell thing. Right, and people look at the Tank Dell and CJ Stroud connection and say, "Oh, well, CJ Stroud only projects for ten points, but like they're they're just automatic through the first three weeks. Like, how are they going to miss this week?" And then they just they just zero in on that, and instead of looking at the projections and saying, "Oh, well, Adam Thielen actually projects for three points more. I should probably just have more Adam Thielen." People are playing Tank Dell instead. Because the skill expression of wanting to be right before the field catches up bites them. And that's a big mistake that a lot of people make. And, well, you know, you see it every year in NBA. It's one of the reasons why petty theft is so ridiculously good. Petty theft actually does find things that the field is not on yet. He actually does find the things that are smarter than what the field is. Everybody yeah, should just only be trying to, to a certain Only to a certain extent. If you take most of his lineups, anything that's obvious, he's typically playing. He's just doing it. Right, he's but just doing it, right? I mean, it's like it's it's 
Like, oh, when the 74% owned guy is projected for whatever, it's not like Petty Theft has him at 2%. Well, no, almost all of his lineups. Petty theft is 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 exploiting the the guys who are five percent owned. He has fifteen percent, right? Like he's making his money on the edges. That's where his money is made. But like everybody should be trying in 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 NFL in NBA. Most of the time, what you should be doing is just the thing that makes the most sense. Uh, uh, This last week, the you know you want to know what game I was focused on. The only game that I was for sure Buffalo Miami. Want to know why? Because they had one of the highest implied oh, team totals. Right. You just the, the other team that I was like, yeah, I'm pretty sure that I'm going to have this. San Francisco. Want to know why? They had a 30 implied team total. Like just just play those teams that are supposed to do really well, and you'll probably do pretty well. And then instead, people are galaxy braining and saying, oh, well, I'm going to have a Carolina stack against Minnesota. Carolina sucks. Their team total is nine. Don't play a team that has a team total of nine, and you'll probably do better. And also, if you do if you do something off the board like that, fill the rest of your lineup with like right. Just play Christian McCaffrey and Kyron Williams and Keenan Allen. Like just just do that, and you'll be fine. But people don't do that. They get they get too far off the board, and that's where they pay. That's that's just where you make mistakes. Paydirt underscore DFS on Twitter. James, you're there. PatersDFS.com. If you want to get the the courses, we I mean, we talk about these concepts yeah. in the theory of daily fantasy sports, as well as the advanced players course with the Excel tools. Pick them up at TheoryOfDFS.com. We got a Monday Night Football pre-lock show later tonight on the channel for uh, Giants and Seahawks. Uh, we got the, the props and pick them package. So uh, if you want to check that out, hopefully... You'll get some numbers and prices before they, well, a lot of them have moved already, I guess, at this point. But definitely check that out and be on top of it for this coming slate, this coming uh, weekend's action, as well as college football, college basketball will be back, NBA, MLB, playoffs, everything. Click on that link in the description. Join us. Get $10 off your first month. Join us in the Discord, rotogrinders.com slash Discord. And, uh, and I'll see you tomorrow. Send in your uh, DFS strategy questions. You could always do that. Questions at theoryofdfs.com for the mailbag. Because I'm here answering those questions as well as giving you everything you're thinking about in DFS, props, and pick them on Roto-Grinders today. 